This podcast is intended for entertainment and opinion. Nothing discussed is meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, please call 988 or use the resources listed in the episode description. To see the sources and other resources mentioned in this episode, you can visit psychologicallymindedpod.com. To contact me with any questions or comments about this topic or upcoming topics, email me at psychmindedpod at gmail.com. And finally, please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes as they post. Enjoy this episode! Hello, and welcome to Psychologically Minded. I'm your host, Grace Fowler. And today we are dipping our toes back into the world of Vanderpump Rules to talk about the anatomy of an apology. Now, I know when I did my first episode on Scandaval, which was really about the Howie Mandel podcast and how Tom Sandoval went on to spew his nonsense about his side of the story of the affair, I said I wasn't going to make another episode until all of the parts of the reunion were out. The reunion's not done. There's still another episode to go, but I wanted to actually make an episode about the finale because the finale episode of season 10 of Vanderpump Rules ended up being quite the apology, and I'm saying apology in quotes, (laughs) apology tour of Tom Sandoval, where we see him in several scenes with many different people from the cast explaining himself explaining Raquel, the affair, the whole shebang. And as I was watching it, I thought to myself, wow, what a wonderful example of how not to apologize. And I thought that that would make for a great episode to kind of talk about like, what is important? What is the anatomy of an apology? What are the important parts of it? And how does Tom Sandoval embody all of the ways to not make an apology? (laughs) So I'm going to go through the scenes in the finale from Vanderpump Rules where Tom was attempting to apologize to people and kind of break down why it wasn't super effective and maybe what we could do differently. I will say if you like this kind of content where people go through apologies, I highly recommend a YouTuber named Mickey Atkins, who is a therapist who makes content on YouTube where she breaks down YouTuber apologies and goes through kind of the nuances of how someone is really taking accountability or not. So um, I, I really like her videos and I recommend that if you like this kind of breaking down apologies content, it's not going to become all of my content. So if you want more, uh, she's the person to check out. So before we jump into all of the bad apologies that were displayed on the finale of Vanderpump Rules, I thought I would lay down some framework for what makes a good apology. And I pulled this from a book called Why Won't You Apologize? Healing Big Betrayals and Everyday Hurts by um, Dr. Lerner. And she is a researcher who spends like all of her time looking at apologies. What makes a good apology? What helps people to feel heard when they do receive an apology from someone else, like just everything around apologies. And so she has some recommendations in her book. There's a lot of content there and some stuff about forgiveness too that you can check out um, if you're interested in. But some of the, again, anatomy and apology that she lays out are, I think, good go-to tips for evaluating 
either an apology you're getting from somebody else or an apology that you are going to be giving to somebody. So first thing she mentions is um, don't add on anything to your apology. If you are going to be saying the phrase, I am sorry, there should be no buts or ifs that come afterwards. Those types of words eliminate the accountability that you are taking in your apology. So saying something like, I'm so sorry I missed your birthday, but I've been so stressed out this week. That everything after the but, including the but, eliminates the impact of the I'm sorry that came before it. It is a classic way of just immediately negating everything that was said before and communicates to the person that is listening that you're not actually taking responsibility for the part that you played in the thing that needs to be apologized for. A classic example of the if that comes after an I'm sorry is like, I'm sorry if you were offended. This is kind of a double whammy because it's not only just like giving an excuse, like with a, you know, but I was so whatever. The if is like, well, since this message, like, I, I don't even know if I really need to apologize to you, right? Like, if you were offended, my apology doesn't stand if you weren't offended, um, which also communicates this, like, lack of genuine or sincerity to the apology. Like, I'm only giving you this apology if certain conditions were met, like you were offended. Um, and then again, puts the onus on the person receiving the apology of like, well, you decided you were offended. I wouldn't have had to apologize for this if you hadn't made that decision. Uh, so anything like, but if, and, or, you know, whatever. Well, and could be nice, right? I'm sorry. And I'd like to make it better. We can add, add an and on to the end of an I'm sorry. But qualifiers, uh, things that try to obscure the accountability that somebody is saying is pr- not recommended when apologizing to someone. Another recommendation that Dr. Lerner gives is don't bring up other people, the other person's quote-unquote crimes. This means, you know, when you're giving an apology to someone, this is not your chance to go through the laundry list of things that you feel have been done to you by this person who is receiving the apology. You know, a common example of this is like, well, I wouldn't, you know, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't have yelled at you if you hadn't provoked me first, right? Like kind of saying, well, you are the one who even instigated the situation where now I need to apologize. Again, this diminishes the authenticity of the apology. It makes it conditional. Like I'm not, I wouldn't have said sorry, except for, you know, you you started this or, you know, you brought up this thing that led to the situation we are in now. She also recommends that you do accept responsibility without evading blame, even if the person you are apologizing to is not able to do the same. This is something that I see quite a lot in working with clients um, or honestly talking to friends, family, anyone on the street, is that you go to give an apology to someone and if the apology is not reciprocated or received in the way that the giver of the apology was expecting, it becomes very difficult to stay on track. Um, So like, let's say, for example, someone has gotten into an argument with their partner and end up saying some unsavory things. And so is coming back to apologize for saying those things. And in the fight, you know, both partners were saying unsavory things. We could say like 50-50 blame here on saying things that probably shouldn't have been said in the heat of the moment. First partner goes to apologize to say, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I, you know, I take it back. I'd like to make it better. 
And the other person maybe gives an in- insincere apology and goes like, well, I'm sorry if you were offended. I wouldn't have said that if you hadn't started it. And, you know, I think that you owe me more of an apology than I owe you. The first person, the first apology giver, it's better to just kind of stay on track and say like, you know, I, do, I accept responsibility for what I said. I should not have said it. I hurt your feelings and I am sorry. Rather than getting pulled into the argument of like, well, you said this thing that was hurtful to me. Like, you know, you're not taking accountability. We can't settle this until everybody takes accountability. That may not be the best way to go and will end up in a very like destructive pattern where now we're just nitpicking at each other. I will say if you're in a relationship with someone who's not able to apologize maybe consider changing something about your life or changing something about that relationship. Um, I think we've seen it happen in Vanderpump Rules that when you have a partner who can't apologize, things don't get resolved because the apologies are not sincere and they, uh, they kind of end a conversation rather than allowing it to continue. So when you're in a situation where maybe you need to apologize or you're, you're waiting for an apology for someone, just kind of like staying on track with taking an accountability, not trying to step away from blame, even if the other person or other people in the conversation are attempting to do that or trying to draw you into another type of conversation or, or argument. Dr. Lerner also suggests that if you are in kind of a high stake situation, be prepared to apologize more than once, be prepared to listen to the other person more than once to express their pain. Just saying, I'm sorry about a high stakes situation just one time is not going to work. A high stakes situation is something like an affair. <clears throat> Tom Sandoval. That is like, that is much bigger, much more is at risk if that apology is not done well. The relationship can fall apart, which can affect, uh, you know, friends, family, children, finances. Everything could be affected by a relationship ending. That's a lot more high stakes than, you know, maybe making a mistake at work where you CC'd the wrong person and you, you know, need to apologize for looping them in on an email they didn't need to be on. I mean, I don't know if you really need to apologize for that. I, short of just like being like, hey, sorry, I won't do it again. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to do a listening session about something like that. But a more high stakes thing like uh, infidelity, um, you know, big types of betrayal, like maybe, you know, a friend finds out about you gossiping about them behind their back and they feel very betrayed. That's high stakes. We're going to need more than just a bandaid over the top of I'm sorry, um, especially if it's just I'm sorry without any conversation around how the harm can be corrected and overcorrected. And the person who has been harmed in a high stakes situation may need to hear the apology multiple times. And I I think that that is one of my most important takeaways from Dr. Lerner's work is like, you may need to apologize multiple times or something like this. So often, because this stuff can be so hard, interpersonal situations like this can be really fraught, really difficult. The person who's doing the apologizing may feel like, you know, I did the hard thing. I made the apology. What more do I need to do? Uh, you know, how many times am I going to have to do this? And the reality may be many times until the person receiving the apology feels that they've been heard and feels that the apology is sincere. And that goes along with her second point. That's like, listen 
to the hurt and pain of the other person. And a good apology should actually include a lot of listening. It, it probably won't have as much talking <laughs> from the person giving the apology, but more, more listening. And some of the talking that's done by the apologizer should be validating the other person of saying like, you know, I can understand or I can only imagine why that hurt you. You know, now that we're talking, I, I empathize with you. I'm so sorry that this happened and that I was a part of it. And just really validating like, yes, that was painful for you. I'm here to listen while you, you know, process what's going on. The kind of validation and listening is more important than just the words I'm sorry to help the other person understand and trust that you're not going to do the thing you're apologizing for in the future or you're going to be working to not do that thing in the future, right? If, for example, let's say a couple, one of the partners really struggles with alcohol and had a relapse and ended up drinking too much and causing some some issues like at a work party and they're talking about it, the person who's doing the apologizing would be the person who, who drank a lot. And if you just come in and be like, well, I'm sorry I did that. It's not going to happen again. I don't want to talk about it anymore. That doesn't put the person receiving the apology at ease that if you're not open to talking about ways to prevent this from happening in the future, understanding why it happened this time so we can take different paths next time, you know, it's it's there's not a lot of stuff you can really rest your laurels on to believe that the person isn't going to do it again. So being able to truly apologize, saying the words, I am sorry, without adding the but, if, or anything else after it, not bringing up the other person's laundry list of crimes, accepting responsibility, apologizing more than once, and listening and really demonstrating that you understand the pain that you've caused in the other person, even if you don't feel it's justified, but just listening to the pain that the other person has, those are hallmarks of a good apology. And it might look different in different situations, right? There may be times where you need to do more listening because of the nature of the betrayal or, or you know, problem going on. There may be times where the person doesn't want to talk to you and you might need to use your actions to demonstrate, like, I'm working on this, I'm, I'm making some changes. But I think the this is a foundation of, like, what makes a good apology can be really good stepping stones for whatever specific situations that you might find yourself in. So we're going to take a quick break, but then we're going to get into the truly abysmal forms of apology that we saw in the Vanderpump Rules finale. Okay, so for the uninitiated or those who need a quick uh, recap, Vanderpump Rules is a reality TV show that follows people who used to work in a restaurant in West Hollywood owned by Lisa Vanderpump. Now, most of the cast no longer works in the restaurant, but they still are a cast on the reality show. And it's truly about their relationships, their friendships, their business partnerships, and all the zany antics that they got into. In season 10, which is the season finale that I'm talking about in this episode, we found out that Tom Sandoval, one of the main cast members, and his girlfriend, Ariana, who have been together for nine years, almost 10 years, they had a massive falling out because Tom Sandoval had been having an affair with Raquel Levis, who is another cast member and part of the friend group. They carried this affair on for an indeterminate amount of time. It seems to be like at least eight months um, behind Ariana's back. And then she found out when she found an explicit video of Tom and Raquel on Tom's phone. 
chaos ensued ever since then, and the audience has been gripped in the scandal of it all. This resulted in the finale being solely about the fallout of the affair, as most of the season had been filmed before this news became public. They open with Tom and Ariana each giving kind of their recollection of the night that the affair was discovered. It is peak reality TV. It is so good, so artfully done. If you're a reality TV lover and you haven't watched Vanderpump Rules, I would watch just this episode alone before diving into everything because it is truly, it is why we watch reality TV, which is another episode that I've done in the past. Um, So we get this kind of background information from them and then it launches into filming um, the, in the next few days around the affair becoming public. So the first scene we get is Tom Sandoval and Ariana in their shared home, having a conversation about the fallout of the affair. Now we as an audience who have parasocial relationships with these people have been following the news outside of the show and know that they've had many conversations about this, that the night she found out they were up till like 6am talking about it. This is not the only conversation that they've had about it, but it is the conversation that is being filmed. So you would imagine that if you were filming a conversation with your ex-partner who you have cheated on after being together with her for almost 10 years, you would think that the words I'm sorry would appear somewhere in that scene. Shockingly, it does not. Now, maybe the editors did not include any of the scenes where Tom Sandoval said, I'm sorry, but I'm guessing from the content of what we do see in the final clips, I don't think that he said I'm sorry to her on camera. So right off the bat, that makes it a a bad apology if he doesn't actually say I'm sorry or I apologize. Other ways in which he makes this a very bad apology is he does a lot of deflecting and giving a lot of reasons for why his behavior should be excusable or understandable or shouldn't shouldn't be like held against him in the same way. So very much what Dr. Lerner told us not to do, which is bringing up kind of all of these buts or ifs to the apology that eliminate any accountability. The excuses that Tom Sandoval gives to Ariana include things like he had lost his mojo because he turned 40 and had a midlife crisis. He was seeking something that he wasn't getting in the relationship from her, but he doesn't quite explain what that means. Um, He says that Ariana never apologized to him and Raquel treated him with respect, whereas Ariana wasn't treating him with respect. Um, And that he and Raquel had a deep connection that, you know, should it's not just an affair, it's that they had a deep connection. Now, again, notice how none of these things include him taking accountability. He in fact, is simultaneously blaming Ariana for the fact that he cheated on her by saying she wasn't giving him what he needed in the relationship. Now, if you watch the whole season, you'll know that Tom Sandoval was laying the seeds for this argument by having these little filmed conversations with his best buddy, Tom Schwartz, where he said, you know, oh, Ariana, like, she's mean to me. She says I'm stupid. She just looks bored when we talk and, you know, was kind of laying these seeds. We see his attempt to harvest them in this conversation with Ariana where then he's like, oh, you know, well, this other woman was treating you with the respect that you weren't giving me. And, you know, fascinatingly, Ariana is able to shut that down very quickly in the conversation. And, just keeps reiterating to him like it really doesn't matter 
what your excuses are because you never brought them up to me. Like, we didn't work on them in our relationship. You just went to have an affair. And so that negates any of his excuses or, you know, complaints about their relationship because, like, well, now the relationship is over. There was never an opportunity given to her for her to work on these things that he didn't like about her in the relationship. He took that choice away from her to work on those things by having the affair and effectively ending the relationship. He also, I don't remember if it was in this scene or in some other part of the, the episode, but he the, he even makes an excuse for the way that she found out because the way that, you know, Ariana found out because she found a video of him and Raquel, an explicit video of them on his phone. And his excuse for that was that he normally would have deleted a video like that, but it was a hectic day. And so he didn't have time to get to it. He didn't mean for her to see it. He normally would have just deleted it, which like right there is how, why are you at a point where you're normally deleting videos of you and your mistress <laughs> off of your phone? Like if you're at that point where it's become a normal behavior to the point where it's so routine, you consider it to be normal. Like it is part of your routine. That's a problem that you've gotten that far. Like, that is actually not an excuse that makes it seem better and explain your behavior. In fact, it makes your behavior seem worse that you were doing it so much that it was a habit and then became such a habit that you became careless about it and accidentally didn't delete a video that was clearly going to tip off your girlfriend that you were cheating on her. Other things that Sandoval does in this scene is he starts to shout at her, um... He at one point goes to stand up when they're having a conversation. They're sit they're both sitting on like across a coffee table from each other and he goes to stand up to intimidate her. This is all part of like aggressive communication, which is not an effective way to communicate, using things like voice volume and body posture to try to intimidate the person in a conversation. That's not the type of communication that I would recommend for an apology. It does not, again, it does not send the message that you're sincere and truly mean what you're saying and is setting the stage for us to understand like why Ariana isn't having a hard time forgiving him and isn't able to come to any agreement like that they might work on their relationship or something. And I'm not saying I would recommend them working on their relationship. It seems to be pretty much over and if you know one partner is so completely checked out that they're having an affair doesn't set the greatest foundation for trying to work on it but if that was ever Tom Sandoval's intention to stay with her and try to repair the relationship after the affair this quote-unquote apology is not setting him up well because it is not demonstrating that he is sincere and he doesn't do any validating for her like the things that she says that she's communicating to him he either just blatantly does not respond to just like blank stares at her or starts talking about something else um or when he is kind of responding to her it is not in a validating way to say that like he understands the harm that he has caused he spends the entire scene deflecting and really turning it back to her to say in that example of like you provoked me to do this because you were such a bad girlfriend I cheated on you so that's apology number one for Tom Sandoval in this episode and we're gonna give him a big fat zero on it it's not a good apology so then the next um, apology that we see is Tom Sandoval goes to his buddy's Tom Schwartz house to talk about the affair Again, if you're uninitiated, Tom Schwartz is the business partner of Tom Sandoval. They are, they're not owners. They're part owners of two bars together. 
they've been on the show for a very long time. They've been friends for a very long time. Their brand is that they are very special butt buddies together. <laughs> so he gets Tom Sandoval, and they're both named Tom. So it's like, you know, they're destined to be. <laughs> Tom Sandoval gets to Tom Schwartz's apartment, and he is sobbing and apologizing from almost the minute he walks into the apartment. And actually saying the words, like, I apologize and I'm sorry. He said he gave an actual apology to his friend, but not to his girlfriend that he had cheated on. However, the motivation behind his apologies or like the main crux of his apology to Tom Schwartz is about their new bar that's being opened. This was another plot line of season 10 that they had uh, wanted to start a new bar together after the success of their other bar they um, owned with Lisa Vanderpump. And after the wave of Scandaval news came out, fans started going to the bar's Yelp page and review bombing it. So leaving one star reviews with, you know, really negative stuff in it, even though the restaurant was, well, it was open at that time. It was open, but these were not people who had gone to the restaurant. They were, they were fans who were justifiably upset with with one of the Toms, with both of the Toms actually, and were, you know, using this as a platform to communicate with them that they they were displeased with their behavior. So his apology to Tom is like, you know, he he's saying, I'm sorry that I put our business in jeopardy like this and is is apologizing to Tom for the the consequences to their their business relationship, which is like so insane to me that he could not apo- again, could not apologize to the woman he had been living with for nine years they were as good as married in in their book he could not say the words i'm sorry to her but he could say it to his business partner because they might lose money on this issue shorts it accepts his apology you know it's like it's very blase they move past the apology part very quickly and then tom sandoval uses this scene to continue to further his narrative that ariana is really to blame for the fact that this affair happened he continues this narrative that he and ariana ariana were not having sex which we later find out was not true that they hadn't had sex in some time and that raquel made him feel like this special spark and this this special connection to him he also finds a way to literally blame Ariana for not finding out about the affair on her own and makes a comment to Tom Schwartz that he had shared his location with her with the hopes that she would follow him and see where he was going and catch her, catch him in the act with Raquel, which is like literally an unhinged thing to say. Like I, I was shooketh when I heard that part of the episode because you can only imagine what the storyline would be if Ariana had done that, if she had followed him and tracked his location on the phone to, or, you know, followed him to wherever he was going, she would have been accused of being paranoid. You know, he would have been able to have this storyline of like, she doesn't trust me and I've only ever been good to her. And even if the affair came out, he could have this kind of upper hand over her of, well, you engaged in this type of behavior where you were paranoid and did things that like you shouldn't be proud of right then he could have that kind of i can go through your list of crimes when apologizing because we're on equal footing that you were paranoid and that i cheated on you so again not an apology um not an apology to ariana he does i guess we can give him uh, two points for actually saying the words i'm sorry to tom schwartz with some sense of genuine like remorse to his friend 
Um, but still not a strong apology because didn't actually apologize to the person that was most hurt by this situation and continued the narrative that, you know, this person should have known better and should have stopped me from having an affair or stopped me from cheating on her. And this episode is more about apologies. (laughs) So I don't want to get too into the weeds about like cheating and and infidelity and stuff like that. But I'm just going to say in my personal professional opinion right now that like, the person not doing the cheating, the onus is not on them to deal with the cheating. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Ariana's responsibility to hunt down Tom Sandoval and figure out what he's doing if he's having an affair on her. It's his responsibility to either not cheat on her by making the decision to not have sex with somebody else, or if it's too late for that, we're past the point of no return, it's his responsibility to tell her and, like, break up or or ask if they can work on their relationship. The way that he ended up handling it put it all on her that she had to figure it out, she had to look at his phone, she had to conf- she had to confront Raquel to get the story out of her. Tom didn't even tell her right away like all of that is is not how we handle infidelity in a relationship. I'm just going to say that right now. I don't recommend demanding that your partner decide if you're cheating or not because that just sets up a very unhealthy relationship dynamic. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then when we get back, we're going to talk about the last two of Tom Sandoval's apologies. Okay, moving on to apology number three, which is Tom Sandoval's quote-unquote apology to Lisa Vanderpump. Just a reminder, we've given Tom two points, um, a minimal two points for his apology to Schwartz, and he got zero points for his pretty much non-apology to Ariana. So in the episode, Tom Sandoval goes to Lisa Vanderpump's house to have this kind of sit down heart to heart with her about the affair. Ariana also gets to go to Lisa Vanderpump's house to have a conversation with her, which is a truly masterpiece of television to watch. It's comforting. It will heal some of your mommy issues if you have them. Like it's masterful. And of course, Ariana is the victim in this situation. And so she doesn't need to apologize to Lisa about anything. So there's no apology there. Then Tom Sandoval comes in and he, uh, best moment of this episode for me was he walks in and usually they hug and kiss when they greet Lisa. He comes in and obviously is like kind of coming toward her for a hug and she goes, doesn't seem to be the time for a hug today. And the, the just power of that statement when he sits down and realizes she's not going to comfort him in the way that he maybe expected her to it's it is again peak reality television like this is why we watch reality tv so he sits down he starts in on you know he screwed up i don't think he actually says i'm sorry to lisa i I don't know if he really needs to say i'm sorry to lisa except for the fact that like she is the reason that they have the show she is also one of his business partners in tom tom like if he's apologizing to schwartz for business stuff like he should probably apologize to Lisa for that as well. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I can see why he would go to Lisa not to apologize, but for 
some sort of comfort. The truly reprehensible part of this scene is that it appears that Tom Sandoval is fake crying when Lisa, you know, kind of pushes him to take some accountability. There's a part where he throws himself off of the couch and goes to stand by the window and is covering his face and is standing in a way where, like, you can't see if there's any tears on his face and doing these, like, truly dramatic, violent, shuddering sobs. And the skeptic in me goes, don't know if that's real. I've never seen him cry like that on television before. He's a big crier. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't No shame to a man who cries. I think that is an excellent part of emotional expression. However, because we've had multiple incidents of seeing this man cry, this was just like so out of the ordinary and out of like character for him in terms of how he presents when crying. So again, little skeptic hat on didn't seem to be very real to me. Again, part of why like his apologies are not coming off as genuine is like if you're in a situation where people are even questioning if your emotional expression is genuine, then, you know, maybe you need some help learning how to express your emotions in a more effective way. I'm all for that. You know, or maybe there's something about the um you know, way in which you uh, are not truly feeling those emotions that need to be addressed, right? And you're just kind of putting them on as as makeup, if you will. Um, he really, again, in the scene with Lisa, focuses on his own stuff, um, kind of like how bad it is for him, how he's falling apart, and not a lot about the consequences to Ariana. So again, no apologizing really done, still kind of focusing on how horrible he's been affected by the consequences of his own decisions, so unsure who he's upset with, if not himself, uh, maybe he should apologize to himself. I think that would be really good for Tom Sandoval to say, to look in the mirror and say, I'm sorry, Tom Sandoval. So we're going to give another zero for this apology because it wasn't really an apology at all. So we're uh, still at two points. The last apology that Tom Sandoval makes is at the very end of the episode, and it is with his friend Sheena Shea. Sheena Shea has also been a cast member from the very beginning. She was really good friends with Ariana when Ariana started dating Tom, has been very good friends with Tom. We find out in this episode that they actually were, she was friends with Tom um, first and far uh, way before the show started filming. So this is a very long-term relationship and um, Sheena is friends with both of them, but clearly is is all the way t- Team Ariana in this situation. I will say the one good thing that Tom Sandoval kind of has going for him in the scene with Sheena is that he shuts up. <laughs> he does not talk as much and lets Sheena talk, um, which I think is important. It kind of goes to that listening. So we'll give him a point there that he, he I don't know if he was actively listening, but he at least gave space for sheena to talk um every single one of his excuses sheena had something to shut him down with and so he he really just just quiets down and kind of lets her talk um he brings up again in the conversation with sheena something that he brought up on the howie mandel podcast which was that ariana was suicidal so that's why he couldn't break up with her this is another excuse so again a bad apology if you're making an excuse for your behavior and i think Sheena's uh, response to this was so beautiful and really something, I don't know if I could like clip this and play it over and over again for people, but truly a wonderful way to address this kind of 
threat uh, or like excuse that Tom Sandoval comes up with. And she is basically like, if this was true, if you're really saying that your partner of nine years was at a point where she was going to take her own life because of your breakup, why didn't you tell anyone? You, you knew who her friends were. You could have called me. You could have called her family. Like there's so many people to rally around her. If, if this was really true and you really believe that she was not doing well, was not doing so well that if you were to break up with her, she would consider taking her own life. And it truly was such a wonderful reminder that, you know, Sheena is a ride or die for her friends. You know, I'm not always a big Sheena fan, but I had to say that scene with Sheena, she really got me. She really, she's a girl's girl at the end of the day, even though she sometimes acts like a pick me. She's a girl's girl at the end of the day. And when it's real, when it's hitting the fan, she's going to be there for her girls, for her friends. Um, And again, like, yeah, this is, this is something I have heard people say like, oh, I couldn't break up with someone because they said they were going to kill themselves or I couldn't do this because they said they're going to hurt themselves. Like there are other options to deal with that. I, I can understand it being really scary in the moment and feeling like, if I really am the only thing keeping this person alive, you know, I, I got to be careful with that. When the dust settles, when the next morning, you know, you've had some sleep, had some time to think on it, like, and you really believe this person was a credible threat to themselves, there are resources. There are so many ways that you can handle that. You know, there are, there's the 988 number. If you feel like someone is like an imminent danger to themselves, there are most cities or counties have some sort of psychiatric response team that can, you know, come out and do evaluations right away if it's like truly imminent. There are things like the crisis text line, the, you know, there's the Trevor Project has a, a helpline, there's a trans lifeline. Like there is a crisis hotline for every population out there. And of course, like if you do have a connection with those persons, friends, family members, etc., rally them. Like that is the time to bring in social support when someone is at such a low point that they are thinking about that. All that being said, I do not believe Tom Sandoval when he says that she threatened to kill herself. It's incredibly out of character for her. She has denied it multiple times on like thousands of different platforms. It seems to be a a manipulation tactic on his part. But again, Sheena addressed it in such a way that kind of shut down any further of that manipulation. She didn't, she addressed it in a way of like, She mentioned, I don't know if this is true, but if it were to be true, like, this is what you should have done. And you really have no excuse for not doing those things and helping her out. He also admits to cheating on Ariana one other, at least one other time um, in this conversation with Sheena. And I think for Sheena, that was kind of the end of her even having a glimmer of hope that he could be remorseful, knowing that he had done it multiple times um, and had never addressed it with Ariana, had never taken steps to maybe work on himself and not do it. Um, And then Tom Sandoval also gives her this line that for the last five years, he's been miserable in his relationship with um, Ariana, but emotionally it was like climbing Mount Everest to break up with her. So just again, constant excuses. Somehow everything is always Ariana's fault. He couldn't break up with her because it would be too hard. He couldn't... um, stop having the affair because she was so mean to him. He couldn't leave her because she was going to kill herself. It's just at excuse after excuse after excuse. And, you know, really, he does, he does owe Sheena an apology because she is really good friends with both of them. And she at the time, like, for a, a big part of Raquel's experience before, 
the season started, Sheena had been financially supporting Raquel and had let her live with her and her husband and their daughter had, um, I think, paid some of her bills was, you know, Sheena can be a very um, generous person, maybe too generous at times, but she had really taken care of Raquel um, and had also been so integral into Ariana's life and Tom's life. And so truly, I mean, I think next to Ariana, like Sheena does deserve an apology. Um, and over the course of all this stuff coming out, Raquel fired, filed a restraining order against Sheena and was spreading all these things saying that Sheena had punched her in the face and Sheena was being accused of maybe knowing sooner than she had and not, you know, helping out her friend. Uh, you know, she really had to deal with quite the consequences of this thing blowing up. So I think that she does deserve some sort of apology from Tom Sandoval. And she didn't get it. She she didn't get it. Um, he, I don't even think he says anything about, like, I apologize or I'm sorry to her. He just gives her all of his excuses. And when she says, I can't be friends with you anymore, he leaves. He just walks away and doesn't seem to be interested in fighting for it or at least trying to end on more peaceful terms. So another zero for Tom Sandoval in terms of his, well, I gave him one point. I'll give him one point because he did listen to Sheena. He did stop. He did physically stop talking. I do think it's telling that his apology, his one genuine-ish apology was to his friend Tom Schwartz, a man, and to the women who were involved in the situation. He is not able to say the words, I'm sorry, or even get close to some sort of semblance of apologizing. Tom Sandoval has had a long history of being just deeply misogynistic. I covered quite a bit of his examples in the Howie Mandel podcast of like just how he talked about Ariana and, uh, you know, the her being a woman and, and the way that he kind of demeaned aspects of her identity um, and, and used very like misogynistic tropes and justifications for his behavior. But across the show, if you just sit down and watch the show, literally any season, you will find examples of Tom being just overwhelmingly triggered by women in general. He has a, had a deep nemesis situation going on with Katie Maloney, who is Tom Schwartz's best friend. He has had quite a few interactions and uh, arguments with Lala, another woman on the show. And it became such a pattern that even Ariana in this season, in season 10, made a comment of like, I'm not doing Tom against the girls this time. I can't support you. And in season nine had a, a scene where she called him out on like kind of belittling and bullying women in a way that he doesn't with men. We've also seen in the past that the men on the show will protect each other and protect each other's secrets. Like Jax, when he was still on the show, the two Toms, they would be each other's alibis for cheating. They covered up a lot of cheating for each other. And Tom Schwartz even spilled the, spilled the secret in one episode where he's like, even if I knew the truth, like I wouldn't tell you because I cover, I cover for my boys. So just another layer of ickiness of all of this is like Tom Sandoval already struggled to apologize, to make sincere apologies and the just contrast between how he ap attempts to apologize to a man versus how he blatantly does not apologize to a woman just for me really solidifies like how misogyny can really manifest even if you aren't someone who's actively saying like I hate women 
misogyny can be in the way that you treat people and the like insidious things that you say about them. We're going to take another quick little break and then come back with the last segment, which is our bonus apology from Tom Schwartz. Okay, last but not least, I'm going to do a fun little bonus apology, which was the scene where Tom Schwartz attempts to apologize to Ariana because he definitely knew about the affair way before she did and never told her about it. So this scene has another excellent reality TV show like setup. All of the girls, except for Raquel, are at this rooftop bar. They're all dressed in black. They're dressed like more casual, but they're all dressed in black. And Ariana walks in full glam, hair and makeup done in this like gold bejeweled dress, absolutely looking stunning. And she sits down and all the girls are in black like around her and she's in this stunning dress. And it's like, this is her emerging from her like cave of processing what was going on with her and Sandoval. And it is, it is a masterpiece. And so as they're catching up, Katie says, Tom wants to come, Tom Schwartz, her ex-husband wants to come by and talk to Ariana. I, I won't go into it, but there's another masterful scene in this episode where Katie confronts Tom Schwartz to ask him like, when did you find out? And he ends up staring off into space and talking about man-eating crocodiles. It is, again, masterful reality television. So if you haven't watched the finale, just go watch it. Just watch it and, and luxuriate in the truly masterful reality TV that it is. But so, you know, Katie has been kind of the liaison between Tom Schwartz and Ariana and says, you know, Tom wants to come by and say something to you. And so all of the girls like check with Ariana. It's a very like, whatever you want, queen, like we'll throw this man out on the streets if we need to. And she's like, it's good. I want to talk to him. The girls leave. And Tom sits down to try to apologize to her. In this scene, he does not get, does not physically say the words, I'm sorry, or I apologize. He does text her later. And that comes up in the um, show. There's a, a screenshot of, of the text. He does say my apologies and I'm sorry there. But in this scene, I, do, I don't believe he says the words I'm sorry. And Tom Schwartz tends to fall back on this kind of like, oh, I'm just like a dopey, like fun little guy. Like, oopsie, oops, oops, all I knew about your affair and I didn't tell you. Um, and he, he just done this his whole life that he's been on the show. It's like this way to kind of diffuse tension. I think that it has been effective for him in certain areas of his life. It's certainly can diffuse tension very quickly but I think with someone like Ariana who has known him for so long and this topic being what it is it's not a good trick it does not work for him um she's not buying it she kind of calls him out on it and then he basically tells her like you know I am just really worried about our bar and managing our business and rightly rightfully so Ariana is just like okay it's my life like it's my relationship I it's really not, it's apples to oranges here. You know, we can't be comparing opening a bar with an almost 10-year relationship, co-owning a home together, owning pets together, considering like fertilizing eggs and maybe having a child together. Like those are not comparable. And Ariana also says like, you know, Sandoval hurt you just as much as he hurt me. Like he betrayed you too. And, you know, I want you to think about that. And Tom Schwartz just really can't admit that. He is still protecting Tom Sandoval, still kind of like on his side. And so ultimately the conversation ends with Ariana saying like, 
I can't be friends with you. Like you, you, you've made your choice and I can't be friends with you. And this is something that was really shocking because Ariana had been one of Tom Schwartz's groomsmen in his wedding or grooms people in his wedding. Like these were people who spent almost all of their time together. You know, Tom Schwartz was always following behind Sandoval and Ariana. Like the fact that he wasn't able to, at least, I don't know, both sides it. Like he, he couldn't even try to both sides it. He just was fully on Sandoval's side and, and end of a relationship. And it was, it was very similar to how Sheena told Sandoval, you know, I can't be friends with you anymore. It just was like, it ended. And Ariana's right. Like Sandoval's actions do impact Schwartz and are a betrayal to him because they're public figures. Their brand is tied together. The Toms are a package deal. And so if one Tom has soured, both Toms will be soured. Not only did Sandoval have an affair that turned the fan base against him, he also was a big player in orchestrating Raquel and Schwartz having this very like public flirtation and kiss that became a uh, plot line on the show and, and really hurt Katie's feelings and created quite a bit of distress in the group as well. So it's not just that Sandoval had an affair, you know, these things don't happen in a vacuum, but a lot of people in the circle were affected. And again, they're public figures, they're reality TV characters. There are going to be public opinions about them and their whole brand is based on how people think and feel about them. And Sandoval tanked that and Schwartz tying himself to Sandoval tanked that for himself as well. So I give Tom Schwartz, I'll give him a 1.5 for his apology to Ariana. He did appear to be listening and he does eventually say, I'm sorry to Ariana. So we got to give him credit for at least saying the words. But at the end of the day, both of these men, bare minimum apologies, truly bare minimum apologies. Do not follow the example of Sandoval and Schwartz. If you need to apologize for something, especially something high stakes like an affair, watch this episode and then do 100% the exact opposite of everything that Tom and Tom did. <laughs> that That is my takeaway from this episode. Just the exact opposite of what they did if you need to apologize. So as always, I appreciate you guys listening all the way through. I am really jazzed by Vanderpump Rules and I probably will do one more episode just to wrap up the finale and all the or the reunion, all the things that have come out. Um, but I also wanted to say that the next few episodes, because we are now in the month of June into Pride Month, the next few episodes are going to focus on some topics that are very near and dear to my heart that affect the LGBTQ community um, and I think make for good content on this podcast. So stay tuned for the June Pride content uh, and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.